name. Amen. All of us have them. Uh, at least I think most of us do. Uh, we can call him or her, this, this person, our flighty friend. Do you have one of these people, a flighty friend? Uh, someone that you love dearly, that you hold close to your heart, but can also drive you crazy? Uh, one of those friends who one minute is giving you the shirt off of his or her back and, and the next minute uh, they can't be found. They're not answering your phone calls. Or, or one minute they're inviting you out to lunch only to conveniently forget their wallet so that you're left paying the bills, right? Someone whose shoulder you cry on and then the next day they're not answering texts or phone calls for, for days or weeks or months at a time. These are our flighty friends. Maybe you have them. Someone you, you hold close to your heart but someone who can also be awfully hard to be around sometimes. Uh, this week, as I was thinking about our gospel reading, I was thinking about my flighty friends. No names will be given. But I, I was thinking about that because it occurred to me that Jesus had some flighty friends. His flighty friends were his disciples, those drifting, directionless, doubting disciples. Those were his flighty friends. And it, it occurred to me as I was reading that gospel reading, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I know what Jesus must feel like. <laughs> when I think about my own flighty friends, I think I, I know exactly what he's going through. Now, to be sure, and, and don't get me wrong, the disciples are not all bad. They had a lot of good redeeming qualities to them. They, they sat at Jesus' feet. They, they learned from him. They, they served him. Uh, they did amazing things for God's kingdom. God worked through them to, to heal people, do miraculous things, cast out demons. They would go on to be used by God to write books of the Bible, of, of the Dune Testament. Uh, these disciples did some great and, and godly things, but they had their flighty moments too. And it's one of those moments, or moments, multiple moments, that we hear about in our gospel reading for today. If you can remember back to last week, the story just before our reading for today, the disciples were there when Jesus did something amazing, something miraculous. He took five loaves of bread and, and two fish and ended up feeding thousands upon thousands of people. And the disciples were right there through it all. They were actually part of it. God, would, God was using them to pass out and serve and feed the people. But they've left that miracle and they, they're on their way to the next big thing. They get in a boat, leave Jesus behind to, to pray by himself and they cross over to the other side of the lake, it, it seems, to wait for Jesus uh, to show up and, and to meet them there on the other side. The only problem is that Jesus doesn't wait. He finishes his prayer and he doesn't wait for a ride across the lake. He doesn't wait to, to travel and walk around the lake. He decides he's going to walk right across the lake, right, right across the water as though the water were concrete. And he, he shows up at the boat of the disciples while the storm is raging around them. And you can imagine their reaction. Uh, it's not too surprising that they're afraid, right? They actually call out, cry out, it's a ghost when they see Jesus. On the one hand, it's, it's not surprising. Maybe we would act the same. On the other hand, uh, they had just seen Jesus do some amazing things, right? Feed those thousands of people. And they still don't get it, though. And, and Jesus, uh, patient and kind Jesus, he, he looks at the disciples and he says, Take courage. It's, it's me. Don't be afraid. But that doesn't seem to be enough for them, at least not for Peter, because he's still doubting. He's still questioning. He says, Lord, if it's you, he's not quite sure yet, but if it's you, tell me to come to you out on the water. And Jesus, ever patient, ever kind, Jesus plays along with this little game and despite Peter's doubts and wonderings, says, come, come to me. Uh, Peter obeys, a good moment for him, I, I think. He, he walks out on the water, 
a miracle in itself, uh, but it's not too many steps later that, uh, that Peter is seeing the storms and the wind and the lightning around him, and he, he begins to doubt Jesus' goodness and his ability to protect him, and so he begins to sink. He begins to drown. What a bunch of flighty friends. Uh, one minute they're serving Jesus in this miraculous way, feeding thousands of people. The, the next they think their Savior is a ghost. One minute Peter's out there obeying and following, walking on the water, and the next moment he's sinking and drowning. It, it must have been hard for Jesus to be surrounded by, by such a group of drifting, directionless, doubting disciples. But we're really not all that different, are we? Uh, see, I think the truth is that all of us are the flighty friend. All of us here today are the directionless, drifting disciple. Uh, one minute we're at church and we're praising God because we can feel his presence. We know that, that he is here as we sing our songs, as we, we hear his word. We say, thank you, Lord, for showing up in my life this morning. And then a few hours later we go home or, or maybe we visit a friend in the hospital and we begin to think, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you here now when I actually need you? We, we begin to think that Jesus only shows up at 625 East Dundee Road and we lose sight of the fact that Jesus is everywhere we go. One minute we're, we're praying for God to, to give us something that we know we need. Maybe it's a job. Uh, maybe it's uh, food on the table. Maybe it's peace in our families or restoration in, in our relationships. And we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. And then when God gives us what we need, our prayers go silent for weeks or months or maybe even years at a time. Or, or maybe we are saying, thank you, God has provided for us, and we're saying, thank you, Lord, for everything you've, you've given me, and we're praising him for his providence. And then the next moment, we're, we're wondering, why haven't you given me the next thing? You know, well, why don't you provide for my next need in, in the way that I want it provided and in the timing that I would like to have it? The truth is that I think all of us are the flighty friend, the directionless, drifting disciple. The truth is that none of us are on this gradually rising upward path to perfection, improving, improving, improving in our spiritual lives until one day we are just worthy to enter into heaven and walk in through those pearly gates. No, the, the truth is that we're up and we're down, we're high and we're low, we're, we're hot and we're cold. And, and for many of us, more often than not, we feel like Peter, right, sinking as the storms swirl around us, we're drowning. I almost drowned once. Not spiritually, I'm not talking metaphorically, I mean like I actually drowned. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But there was a time when I thought I was going to drown. I was seven years old. I was at Lake Geneva with my family. We used to go there every summer. I have lots of great memories of Lake Geneva. Uh, but this is not one of them. Uh, I don't remember much because I was just a kid. But what I do remember is my head underwater, my eyes wide open, in a moment of panic, kind of flailing my arms uh, for what seemed like an eternity. Uh, the truth is, it was probably only a matter of a half a second, a couple seconds, right, before my dad was right there beside me. Uh, but you know what my dad did not do that day? He didn't look at me there struggling in the water and say, get it together! Uh, he didn't say, hey, hey, save yourself! He didn't hand me a book and say, hey, read this and, and take these seven steps to, to, to rescue yourself. No! Uh, he didn't give me a step-by-step -step list of things I needed to do, like put your feet on the ground and bend your knees and stand, because I could have. Uh, my family still gives me a hard time that I was the only person ever to almost drown in two feet of water uh, when I could have just standed and used my legs. But my dad didn't do that. You know what he did? He grabbed my hair, stuck his hand into the water, and lifted me up. 
Because what I needed at that moment, despite my own silliness, what I needed uh, wasn't a pep talk. What I needed wasn't just motivation. What I needed wasn't even a helping hand. What I needed and what my dad gave was rescue. And that's what Jesus gave Peter, isn't it? Rescue. He didn't tell Peter, you've got to get this together, do your best, and I'll kind of fill in the blanks. Or, or just give it a go, and, and wherever you leave off, I'll, I'll pick it up. He, he didn't hand Peter that book of directions, or a guidebook, or a how-to on, on how to walk on water. No, what he gave to Peter was a, a hand, a hand of rescue, where he picked him up out of the water, brought him into the boat where he was safe. And brothers and sisters, that's what Jesus gives to you. See, today I I think we learn that to be a disciple doesn't mean that we have it all together. To be God's disciple doesn't mean we live these perfect, squeaky clean lives. Discipleship doesn't start with obedience. Discipleship starts with this brutal, honest humility that says, I am the flighty friend. I am the distracted, drifting disciple. Discipleship starts by this honesty where we recognize that I can't do it myself. I can't rescue myself. It starts with those words of Peter when he said, Lord, save me. Actually, we could say that true discipleship starts with that hand of Jesus reaching down to pick us up. It starts with grace. It starts with the gospel. It starts with Jesus' outstretched arms of love, of rescue for you. See, today in our reading, we see these two very different pictures painted for us. Very different, very contrasting. On the one hand, we have the disciples and all of their flightiness and all of their distraction drifting around. They're not all bad, but they're up and they're down. They're, they're hot and they're cold. And on the other hand, you have Jesus, right? And he is very clearly depicted as our Lord. He's the only one who's walking on top of the water. He's the only one with the strength and the power to rescue. He is Lord, but he's not a, a grudge-holding Lord or an angry Lord or a Lord who wags his finger at his children. He is our loving Lord who gives to his people, you and me, exactly what we need. Not motivation, not a pep talk, not a helping hand, but our rescue. Now, don't get me wrong. I I don't think any of us should just be content with saying, oh yeah, I'm a flighty friend. We should always be striving to be better. As as God's people, we always strive for greater obedience uh, to God and, and his plan for us. But we remember that there are certain things as disciples we cannot do. And rescuing ourselves is one of them. And so as as Christians then, we trust in our loving Lord to rescue us from our sin and in our storms. In Jesus' name, amen.